I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50 eggs, he can eat 50 eggs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! You're certifiable, Quint, you know that? You're certifiable! Hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Hello and welcome to yet another Spool Podcast with me, Nigel Wheatley, and him, Pork McGill. Hello, Pork. Hello. So we just had a very comical thing, and we have two Spool Studios, and we were both waiting in our individual Spool Studios for a recording, and then we realized that we had just miscommunicated, so then we have to put in a telephone call, got the shuttle helicopter yeah. on the go. So we, Perfect we, recipe for like a 1920 screwball comedy, but... It would be yeah. a caper, a yeah. real caper. Anyway, we've made it. We're recording now. So um, Ghost in the Shell is out tomorrow. That's probably our big lead review we're going to chat about that in a few minutes and we've taken about five weeks off so we've got loads of movies um that we have to chat through and we're going to talk about um a pretty cool uh, couple of weeks coming up in april and so we might start with a bit of scarlett johansson i have to do a deep dive i have to get inside her memory consent required for data download i give my consent visually interesting clip great for radio yeah perfect for radio very matrix heavy there and um and on the, on the skin. skin visually yeah. there's a big uh correlation i thought we'll Scarlet talk about it later thing. with get out but i thought get out took a bit from under the skin as well a little bit mm. anyway so ghost in the shell uh opens t- well, today it opens on yeah. opens on thursday but everyone's three hours from when we're recording it so it's in cinemas now yeah and um, most people, I suppose, we go and see it at the weekend. The big controversy, kind of more so about the film, was that they didn't get an Asian uh, actress to play the lead role of Major. And there was kind of this whitewashing thing that went on because it's Scarlett Johansson that's playing it. And then there was even a controversy, kind of, where it looks like, I think it does, where they've kind of um, Asianed her up a bit. Uh, Scarlett, like, and certain amounts of it looked like she's almost animated um, in the film. So, anyway. Um, she's the first of her type she's um kind of the leader of this group of a police unit and she has a br- human brain but like a robot um cyborg body and julia how did the brain get in there uh, it's a nice thing at the start where it shows it like in a pool of goop it's kind of like the start of westworld and the brain forges with this robotic thing and we spindles come out of the robot and connect from spindles coming from the brain which the brain doesn't really have so i'm that's the dubious thing at the start cool i like it I yeah like it. i haven't seen this incidentally you have so. no yeah um so then she has been told that she was saved from a car accident her parents were killed by terrorists and they managed to save her brain and put it in a robot body. So then this kind of makes her more inclined to go and fight bad guys and criminals. Then a terrorist comes on the scene who is hacking into people's memories. 
and I'm not going to say who he's played by because um, it's kind of cool and you don't really find out till halfway through the film. Um, so then they're kind of on the hunt for her. But Is on- it Jack Nicholson? No. That'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, they're on the hunt for him and through the course of that she kind of starts to learn more about her past. And as I kind of said in the review that went online today that um, it's so much that it's taken from even like its own original manga, comic and then the anime film in 95 which is a funny one because this got a lot of like why okay aside from the whitewashing thing but people were like why are they even making it but it's so old at this stage that it's yeah it's like 22 years kids probably would have never seen the original or certain people you know so um like you had blade runner and robocop and stuff like that before even ghost in the shell in any iteration and then since that we've had like the matrix and minority report so it's not going to be that original and uh they've changed the story slightly from the original anime film um but it looks brilliant like we got to see it on IMAX 3D um and it just it looks really visually there's not too much 3D coming at you trickery it's more the depth of the film okay. you kind of really get that sense from it and so if you are kind of going to go see it I would kind of recommend that there's a brilliant cameo by uh, Kishi Katano who plays Beat and it's um it's that kind of perfect thing where like he's all character in his face you're just like it's amazing did you ever see the film Satoshi from 2003 it was about a blind monk is there dancing in it uh, potentially at the end does it end with the dance number I, I think so yeah so it's that guy he's kind of like this this famous famous Asian Brilliant. actor yeah, yeah. What, what's it called Satoshi Satoshi yeah cool um, I haven't thought about that in a long time yeah yeah so he's in that and he's kind of a brilliant cameo you also have Julie Binoche and um, yeah so it's not like going to win any awards for originality like a lot of people have kind of in other reviews have said that it has no you know soul and it's very empty and stuff but to me it's about the visuals and but even raising those questions about the sense of self and identity that kind of Westworld touched on we were both fans of Westworld I think Um, a show that got a lot of people talking and thinking um and i think that's healthy uh, mm. as it, even if it's not all that original so what if it's telling those new stories no films are really all that original like, yeah all just and like johansson's performance is it's good but kind of it is weird it does irk a bit at times like i think she's gone too overboard overboard in the physical representation of the character it's just a bit too clunky and i don't know it's a bit it kind of doesn't really sit that well with me but i love that it's a dirty future that like everything's a dump it's like alien and blade runner it's you know everything's overcrowded and messy and even like, star, yeah star wars as well is pretty grimy not polished and uh utopic as yeah. you say uh so yeah you kind of mentioned it already it's been out uh, a couple of weeks but i really want to talk about it because i gave it five you gave Ghost in the Shell, three and a half, I think. Three and a half, yeah. Which is very solid. Mm. Good marks there. Uh, so Get Out uh, was my first uh, five-star movie since Patterson, I think. So it's out a couple of weeks now. But um, I think at this stage, everyone has kind of gotten to see it. But it's the first... Uh, what is it? The first film by a black director to make 100 million... A debut film from a black director to make 100 million. Just today, it hit 150 million. It costs 5 million to make, so... Uh, it's really, really paying back its budget, but uh, the director, Jordan Peele, is being touted. Although he's now, sort of, people are saying it's not going to happen, but as doing the uh, Akira uh, live action remake that has. Uh, so, another Japanese film that everyone sort of loves and critically acclaimed from 1988, I think. Wow. And they're I'm just kind of thinking of him. certain scenes in that. I was like, how are they going to do that live action? But yeah. anyway. So, um, I don't know why, but I'm not even sure why he's being linked, but he has said he wants to do more kind of horror films like this. But anyway, um, Get Out is, uh, it's been out now for a couple of weeks and 
I suppose uh, it's a horror film about a black man visiting his girlfriend's parents and he, she's white and uh, he's a bit worried about whether they will kind of act, not necessarily acknowledge him but kind of embrace him as black yeah. um, he asks her to start you know do they know I'm black yeah and yeah. she's like oh yeah yeah um, so uh, yeah he's he, I don't know he, he's played by uh, what's his name I have forgotten his name that's terrible but anyway the the, the girl is played by Alison Williams uh, who people will know as Marnie from the HBO series Girls but here's the pair of them uh, Chris and Rose meeting the parents so how long has this been going on this this thing <laughs> How long? <laughs> Four months. Four months? Mm. Uh, five months, actually. She's right. I'm wrong. Attaboy. Better get used to saying that. <laughs> I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? No. This is exhausting. I know. I want to give you a tour. They Can just you, like, go. unpack first? You want to unpack? Before the tour? Daniel Kaluuya. I'm really sorry, Daniel, if you're listening. Um, so, uh, yeah, that gives a sense of the the initial tone in the film, and then it gets more and more farcical and more and more um, smart, I suppose. So, like, the family are these American liberal people, so they're the kind of people who, you know, they're totally into, you know, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, they're really, like, pro. She makes this point of, on the way there. Yeah, and they love Obama, they love Tiger Woods. They probably would have loved O.J. Simpson 25 years ago. Uh, 26 years ago are we at the 25th anniversary of that could be he's up so. for pro this year yeah so um, yeah it's best it's really made me think mostly of kind of smart old horror films that sort of like Scream that are sort of farcical um, spoofy horror but also Rosemary's Baby and that kind of thing of it being a social fear and like it just it goes really over the top with the race stuff and it doesn't the thing is, it's a pro-black movie, and at the end, it's not. It doesn't have any message about how everyone can get along. Like it's quite. It's just like no white people are crazy, and yeah. uh, and black at this people point, should be aware and afraid. All yeah, time. and I'd say at this point, everyone has pretty much seen it. So we're not really spoiling it too much. But like Catherine Keener is a um, psychotherapist, and she hypnotizes him, and the whole game is to basically capture. Him. Yeah, it's this weird kind of like I was saying to a friend. It's kind of like a weird episode of The Outer Limits. You know, they're trying to morph like Ghost in the Shell. They're taking strong black bodies and merging other old white people's like essence into it. Yeah, and they just kind of make them all weird. And um, there's a cameo now. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's in the film, but he's also in Atlanta. He's only in the f- in yes. Get Out for a couple of minutes, but he's kind of very funny. In it. Um, yeah, it's a really surreal kind of um film. It's very funny as well. Like the his yeah. kind of friend who keeps ringing the TSA agent yeah uh, Lil, I don't know who this guy is uh, Lil Ray Howery and uh, he he's his best bud um, who kind of ends up saving the day and it's it's absolutely brilliant so um, it's just good to see a director like because the guy who did Fruitvale Station and then did Creed uh, he was rewarded if you like with uh, doing a Marvel movie so he's directing Black Panther but it's really interesting to see what uh, Jordan Peele goes and does next um, so speaking right now I've got a link here I've got a bit of a tangent I know I do careful with this link it's more so related to the remake of Ghost in the Shell being like a 23 year old remake so anyway we're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast next um, so it's been out about two weeks it only came out in the US on Friday so all our North American uh, visitors will be getting to see it and train spotting I think 
Wow, it's double header. It was a pretty good double header. So you've seen Beauty and the Beast yeah. as well. So um we don't need to summarize the story. The fact that it's a live it's a tale action. It's as old as time. Yeah. Well, it actually is. Like, you know, people think it's maybe three, four thousand years old as a as a myth. Um, la Belle et la Bête, as the original French uh, tale of it is called. So anyway, um, it's a live action remake. So much like we had the Jungle Book last year. And apparently we're getting Dumbo. Have you heard this? And I think Colin Farrell is floating around. So... I don't really know. Do we need this? But then again, I thought, did we need the Jungle Book? And I did quite like it. Yeah, and I kind of liked um, the Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, I suppose that we. Yeah, and true, that is based in in anime. So anyway, I I do question why they have to remake these things. But then you realise it was nineteen ninety one. So that's twenty six years. Like we didn't even see that in cinema. We would, mm. or maybe we did. But I think Disney have failed at animation, kind of. So like Pixar now that we have animation, so Disney are like, well, we can't do animation. So how about we turn our old cartoons into the live old, action because yeah. Pixar can't do that. And they own they own all the other properties like Indiana Jones and Mar and the Star Wars and Mar. And so they're just Disney's sort of churning out these things so it's fine anyway I quite liked the film so it's not it's in no way in any way controversial or risque like you did wonder with Emma Watson being involved and it's the, the, uh, one of the screenwriters was Stephen Chabosky who did The Perks of Being a Wallflower a spool favourite from 2013 I think um, and you just thought maybe there I wonder will it be a bit edgy a bit smart a bit of a feminist sort of take on the tale as old as time but it's not really they go very traditional she's uh, she's well, edgy enough to a degree at the start but yeah not really it's not, yeah. yeah it's edgy enough so mm. um, Emma Watson plays uh, Belle and then Dan Stevens who people will know from another spool favourite the guest or Downton Abbey depending on your crowd <laughs> um, he plays the, the beast and the animation is in fairness it's flawless the whole way through so we have a cast uh, featuring we've got Stanley Tucci Emmanuel or, sorry Ewan McGregor Emmanuel McGregor sounds so much cooler mm. doesn't it so he's playing Lumiere Ian McKellen. I didn't know he was going to be in it and then when I was watching it I was like that's either Ewan McGregor or Eddie Izzard and I was like no I'm going to go with Ewan McGregor or, Ger- or Gerard Butler no so then when it transformed I was like yes yeah and Ian McKellen Cogsworth who's very good in as well and Emma Thompson as Mrs. Potts so they're all really good and it looks great and it's a lovely story so it's a nice film and yeah. it's a good central message about taking people not taking people at face value and like the, the central the, I had no idea if there was going to be songs in it because I didn't really know anything hadn't seen the trailer and I don't know, even know if there were songs in the trailer so I went down and sat and I was like is there songs in this and then Emma Watson comes out and within about two seconds it was like she's just going to burst into song now and she does but it is like a Disney film come to life like all the characters are like like the the main guy who's kind of the bad guy who yeah. then is like looks like he's carved out of rock Luke he, Evans guy. yeah he's yeah. almost like that kind of cartoon character Gaston he yeah. really yeah you'd imagine you could just pump up the and the songs are, are brilliant like everyone and I did like um, forgotten about it already it's gone the not best picture La La Land but like this, the opening scene in this with Emma Thompson and the whole village gets involved Emma, Watson, Emma yeah. Watson and the whole village gets involved is way more choreographed and put together than anything in La La Land 
you know, and just feels much more like a like a Le Miserable almost musical kind of number. So I think the set pieces and musical numbers mm. are like flawless in it. You know, it just yeah. depends if you like musicals. Yeah, and there's a, this amazing kind of slightly ridiculous controversy about it being a real gay film and was apparently banned in Kuwait and some other Asian uh, countries because uh, the guy who plays uh, Josh Gad he plays Le, F- Le Fou um, who mm. sort of is in love with Gaston but not really wants to be him half the time and you're like yeah it's a bit gay because yeah, I didn't realise what the moment there's a moment also where someone who's a man dresses is then in a woman's dress and really likes it and I was like oh is that the thing they were on about because I hadn't well I was like well clearly Le Fou is gay but yeah. like so what it's not like mm. you know but apparently this is groundbreaking the first uh, openly gay live action or sorry, not live action. Openly gay Disney movie character, apparently. Mm. So, there's a good article, um, or you know, publication of Choice in New Yorker where it goes into, um, I think they call the article "Beauty and the Bestiality," where it's just mm. the whole thing about the beast and how at the end, when he turns back into a prince, you're like, oh, I kind of prefer you as a beast. And she has that joke in the film where she's like, "Oh, would you grow a beard?" <laughs> so it's worth a read on the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, very good so in a similar like that has made loads of money uh, yeah it's cleaned up yeah and similarly Kong Skull Island another big giant movie as we yeah rewind uh, we'll take a clip from this because it kind of sets up the whole um, premise and format here is Samuel L. Jackson and John Goodman having a chat you are going to tell me everything I don't know or I'm going to blow your head off monsters exist yesterday I was a crackpot but today, you drop those charges to flush something out. Who are you? Ancient species owned this earth long before mankind. And if we keep our heads buried in the sand, they will take it back. My agency is known as Monarch. We specialize in the hunt for massive unidentified terrestrial organisms. You knew that thing was out here? I'm sorry for your men, Colonel. I truly am. Get us home with proof. So we can send the cavalry. John Goodman looking great there. Yeah. And Samuel with a gun. Um, yeah, so this came out a couple of weeks ago. It's set in the 70s, so it's kind of like a remake of the one of the iterations of Kong with the Jeff Bridges one, I think. Kong 2, maybe? Yeah. Um, so it's Kong is ginormous in it, as with anything. He's, he's huge. You get to see him within about the first five minutes of the film, kind of they're not going along with the Jaws thing where you just get hints of them and you see it at like halfway through so it's like here's Kong here's what you've paid for there you go Boom. Um, wasn't mad on the film it it has a weird kind of it's the end of the Vietnam War Samuel L. Jackson is this like lieutenant who doesn't really want to go home and then John Goodman is a scientist who's discovered this island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and wants a team to go and discover it because he believes that there are these monsters and Another scientist of his also has this hollow earth theory, which apparently there's a lot of weight behind by crazy people. It's up there with this, you know, flat earth um, chemtrails. Yeah. 9-11. So um, they go in search of this island, they find it, and then they do discover Kong and a lost civilization and realize actually that Kong is the protector. And I don't know, it's this weird kind of... um, fetishization of the Vietnam War because they have all these cool songs from the year and it's like oh isn't this cool and you're just like no like this it's just I quite, yeah I quite like the music and the kind of vintage feel of it um, I think what I was most enjoyed uh, took most enjoyment from it is that they sort of make Kong the centre of attention more than 
the cast and it's like a hell of a cast but like even in the posters and the marketing like it's very yeah. much like nope monster 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 John C. So Reilly kind of is cool. brilliant in it he's hilarious mm. but the end of it as well is very weird we're like it's almost like a Budweiser commercial to do with John C. Reilly oh yeah like that you're just like, like this is really true. weird at I the end I've forgotten about that bit yeah, yeah but he's, um, he's the best thing in it I think along yeah. with Kong he's very funny yeah I thought it was yeah pretty good we're on the kind of three three out of five for me um, worth sort of seeing but don't bother watching it if you're not going to see it in cinema don't bother watching yeah, it that yeah. would be how I'd be thinking unless you've it. got a home projector yes um, Life is the other one which uh, is in cinemas at the minute you've got yeah, to see that's much more kind of entertaining Gyllenhaal yeah Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal um, kind of rips off Alien it's set in space they've gone to get rocks from Mars and they find a single cell organism on it take it into the lab inside and start to like reanimate it and make it come alive and then of course all shit kicks off when it does become alive and then it turns into like an alien type thing where like they're stuck on the ship with this creature uh, it's very entertaining it uh, really sucks you in you kind of care about the characters and are sufficiently freaked out by certain stuff that's going on um yeah no it's it's very worthwhile you can kind of see the ending coming a mile away but you still okay. get enjoyment out of it yeah, yeah. So, so so far we've reviewed five films and get out is the only one that's mildly original sounding and yet it's not it's actually completely derivative in a very tributey way so mm. one that i think might be a bit more uh original is personal shopper uh or is it original no not really because again it's a psychological horror type thing um, it's an incredibly daft film like it was getting quite good reviews I saw so uh, the, yeah Kristen Stewart they were all heralding her mm. as you know the, the best actress of her of her age and she worked with what's the guy the director uh, Asayas Carlos is it? no yeah pretty sure um, but he did The Clouds of Ciel Maria last year which is a, also a mental film yeah with so this Juliette is um, she's a personal shopper for a very wealthy uh, kind of model or celebrity the person doesn't come into it that much but she also had a twin brother who recently died and the two of them believe that they are uh, psychic and can feel each other's presence so she is stayed on in Paris to await her brother who's dead to give her a message to be like help me or I'm okay or whatever mm-hmm. um, so there's this kind of whole paranormal element going on in it and it becomes creepy because she thinks she's getting in touch with them there's this whole segment then in the film that goes on for about 20 minutes where she's getting text messages from an unknown number and so at the start you think oh it's the brother making contact but it literally goes on for about 20 minutes and you hear beep and beep and it's obvious within about three minutes who the texts are coming from you're like well you're it's clearly coming from that person and then you realize yeah it was coming from that person then the film takes totally other twist that is just ridiculous and then the end of it's very stupid so uh, didn't work for you no not at all it's gotten some very positive is yeah. she good in it? Kristen Stewart, are you now? Has she has she broke out of Twilight? Well, I always liked Twilight films, so like I've no issues with her. Um, yeah, you know she is very good in it, but the film just doesn't work as a whole. Okay, she also yeah took took my heart away and Into the Wild, all the yeah time ago. Uh, Olivier Assayas so I was wrong Mrs. first name sorry to all our French listeners for getting that wrong um, my kind of one that's a bit uh, under the radar as well uh, is The Salesman um, the Asghar Farhadi film which uh, won the Academy Award for the best foreign language film which I do kind of think is only because he made such a point about saying that he wasn't going to attend due to the um, 
Donald Trump's travel proposed ban. travel ban. But then he sent an Iranian female scientist and astronaut to present it to pick it up, which I do think was pretty badass and quite a good statement about how lazy and shit like a lot of American uh and just people from the rest of the world, I don't know. I thought it was great. Uh, but anyway, the film is very, very good. Um, it tells the story of um, a married couple who are both not, sort of not... An, they both have, jo- like, have to have other jobs, but they're actors and they're in a production of uh, Death of a Salesman. Um, the Arthur really? Play. I was actually... Because I, I was know that? quite ignorant and I didn't know. And I was going to jokingly say, is it about Death of a Salesman? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So it's basically taking a lot of the themes from within that and juxtapositioning it with the real life sort of drama. So she's assaulted in their apartment um, in their new apartment due to like a, it's just brilliant like you know she leaves the door on the latch because he buzzes up um, she or do, sorry there's a buzz on the door and she puts the door on the latch in these apartment buildings that we don't really have in Ireland and then um, it's in Tehran I believe in Iran and uh, but then she's assaulted and so he then comes home and finds her and he's like what the hell like who you because it's in their new home who used to live there and you draw in all these questions and it's slowly revealed then who the assailant was and then they confront him or her or the person it's a it's a fair to say can you make that assumption as a gen is that a gender stereotype to assume that a man assaults a, a woman yeah probably? it'd be very rare that a woman so, is right yeah and then it turns out that the the house had been used sort of as a a very little not she's not a prostitute but the woman had a lot of um there's lovely like iranian ways of discussing how the woman uh had a lot of callers was the way they kind of phrase it so anyway they find out who it is and then there's a there's a sort of confrontation and it's like that scene like it's a pretty good dramatic film and then there's this confrontation at the end and it's phenomenal in that sort of it so it's like it's basically obviously because it's written from the Arthur Miller like there's there's all those hints of that dramatic world and the whole thing is is could just be read out on stage you wouldn't even have to watch the action it's so it's very depressing though it's quite grim yeah yeah Um, but it's phenomenal um performances and yeah you'll come out of it just going mm. so big thumbs up to that okay uh, before we wrap up the month bit uh, you want to creep me out with uh, something yes yeah, so when i was looking up stuff for ghost in the shell and um, i came across the clip and it's almost like a ghost from the past came out so i want nigel to hear it because i'm pretty sure he'll know who the person is if you could nigel can hear this but if he closes his eyes and then figures out who it is that's talking and it's going to be about 30 seconds in, so you can in- indulge us. Okay, and we'll be playing the listeners. Yeah, listeners can hear You don't want me to edit this. No, okay. no, yeah. There were a number of factors that went into the choice of New Zealand, and particularly Wellington, to the making of Ghost in the Shell. First of all, the presence of Weta Workshop. They have brought an incredible world together uh, for us. It's been a very collaborative process with the art department, the props department, costuming, makeup, where everyone has done our bits to bring everything together that was very exciting so that's richard taylor from the weta workshop who uh, anyone who was a lord of the rings uh fanboy and bought all the big extended editions you just spent a lot of time listening to this guy talking about his, over christmas his chain yeah. mail yeah watching them over christmas so um he isn't aging no he looks great he's lost yeah. weight yeah yeah so good stuff the weta workshop 
Ah, that's great. Um, so that's uh, that's the month. Uh, what have you got? Look, uh, what's your movie moment? So yeah, my favorite movie moment of the month comes from The Founder, which is a film from John Lee Hancock, which is in cinema maybe a month and a half or whatever. But uh, I finally got to see it uh, just a little while ago, and Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, who was established the what we now call the McDonald's Corporation. So he franchises it. He goes, ends up in a little California, uh, a Californian diner, San Bernardino's, which is called McDonald's, where um, uh, two brothers, um, the main one being Nick Offerman, so Ron from Parks and Recreation, uh, have invented all these methods, like wrapping a burger in a little piece of paper putting it you know on in a little bag and just sending people away not having tables and like the modern fast food kitchen uh how to build that up and there's just a sequence where they describe how they came upon all this stuff and how you would make 50 burgers in like you know two minutes and is it good the film in general the film is the classic three out of five movie when it's on netflix it's perfectly fine so um i would i would recommend it but just like it's really really grand okay but this moment where they explain the like the birth of modern fast food because i love mcdonald's and i'm fascinated by it um as a corporation and as a company and what they offer so that's it the the burger machine birth of like the mustard and ketchup stuff because you know when you go into domino's and you watch them make the pizza yeah and like the cheese comes out in this perfect 12 inch grated this draw and then it's all like and i just love that kind of food process mechanization yeah uh, so my movie moment of the month is from the eyes of my mother a film directed by Nicholas Pesh uh, it's only in the IFI I think um, it should still be there for another few days if you just want to catch it it's very good it's a horror film it's incredibly creepy and unsettling I thought it was more going to be like kind of psychologically creepy but it's actually properly gory and really unsettling the, the film that kind of sprung to my mind was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and there's a scene in it so um a man is being tortured and he eventually escapes but he's blind because his eyes have been uh, removed so he's trying to escape oh and it's all kind of set in this black and white chrome i can't remember exactly the the style of the film if you look it up on the ifi they have a description of it so it looks beautiful and um there's a scene where a woman wakes up realizes that he has escaped and goes looking for him and she sees him outside the window so then she runs outside the house but the camera just zooms up in the window and you can see him out outside just fumbling around because he's blind trying to escape and then she's just walking up really slowly to him to bring him back to the house and it is terrifying but it looks amazing all Um, one all one camera with no cuts so are you saying by looking out the window or yeah for that one yeah because the camera just zooms up Uh, it looks amazing the film is very worthwhile uh, as we speak, I think Colin is currently in the cinema watching it, but we've we've no updates yet from yeah former producer Colin. It's it's I couldn't recommend like the film to anyone because they think I'm an absolute weirdo and sick well, you in are, head. You are you are yeah. recommending it. We get it. We read but, between the lines. You know, yeah, excellent. Um, so yeah, uh, I suppose also of note, um, we were at the seventy millimeter presentation of uh, the Tim Burton Batman on Tuesday. It was a bit. The film's very dated. It was quite. Um, it's kind of comical it's, it's good to go back and visit old films you and know? looking at to, to assess Jack Nicholson's performance I think was my highlight uh, from the whole thing and then obviously I watched The Founder a couple of days beforehand so I had a Michael Keaton double whammy um, but anyway at there at that screening we got t- a trailer for uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest which is coming uh, to the IFI and maybe Lighthouse or it's April Good Friday yeah um yeah. 
So yeah, is that is that the fourteenth? Yeah. yeah, it's coming okay. out the fourteenth. So one of so, the bleakest films ever. Yeah, but it's also there, and Mulholland Drive is coming out on the fourteenth as well. So and then you're going on your big three week holiday the next day to America. To America. How do you get to see in America? Is what I'm interested in. I don't know. We'll have to have a look. Zoe I, has furnished us with a list of amazing cinemas, so we'll have to catch. You I know. think I think the Fast and the Furious Eight are fat. The wait now we'll come down to the 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 Fury Eight, the Fight of the Furious. I kept giving that names before. Yeah. It actually got released and I was like the Fury 8 infuriating oh, yeah. anyway the fate of the Furious That'd is out on the 12th that low on my list so you might get to see that in yeah. America uh, but anyway so the IFI has those two films coming out um, and then the conversation is playing that's on Saturday so no one's really going to get yeah. to that but we had the I trailer. thought that was on a release a proper like a couple of weeks it seems to be playing once as part of a program um, done with in association with the Goethe mm. Institute about like privacy and stuff so it's playing on April Fool's Day seemingly once yeah we had the trailer for that before the Batman Terrible film trailer like yeah but also when I was watching I was like because we watched was this a watch with Spool uh, did you was no I've watched it independently a couple of times like I okay In we may head, have watched it together years and years ago but um, but from watching it was just like I really don't remember like I remember key scenes from the film but I mm-hmm. don't know who's murdered what happens who and the way the sound no the trailer can't really do it justice but the film is incredible yeah um, so Francis Ford Coppola's film they made between the two godfathers mm-hmm. and that didn't even come up on screen I don't yeah, know. yeah that's all they should just say like you know yeah. and before Apocalypse Now did you do and Harrison Ford too? was in it as well which I don't remember in the conversation yeah. I was just like what yeah um, anyway one to sure watch it on Blu-ray or whatever if you haven't got it so and then the last thing to mention is Sigourney Fever coming to the lighthouse uh, more so in about a month's time April 26th until uh, May sort of it's about a fortnight May 12th I think so we've got Alien Aliens Gorillas in the Mist Galaxy Quest Working Girl The Ice Storm and Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 where's Avatar True. seriously where is Avatar they probably can't get that though hmm. James Cameron's like Cameron. no oh, are you going to show it in Amazing well, 3D whatever it is I'm yeah. so Sigourney Fever you come up with a few other names for... it should have been called Weaver Fever because yeah. it's a better name and then you have Weaver Fever season or something like Sigourney uh, I know I know it's Sigourney Weaver so it's but it's yeah. not it's Sigourney Fever but... it's fun fair play to them on coming up with a um, slightly different thing but they've really kind of focused in on stuff that's all 20 years like at least 20 years old what's the most recent one there mm. Galaxy Quest I think it's 1997 but Alien they're showing Alien and Aliens is it yeah pretty sure both of those screens are sold out because I was randomly looking on their website and I was like oh they're showing this we're in the states for it so I don't really care but um, it's sold out yeah Um. also what else uh, we've got the documentary uh, what sort of sort of dramatic documentary is it I don't really know what it is I know the trailer looks amazing but uh, the I Am Not Your Negro uh, which was nominated for an Oscar so this is the uh, Raoul Peck uh, film from um, taken from like James Baldwin who was a writer and wrote essays and appeared on t- like I don't know what his equivalent John Stewart or Stephen Colbert but now they have to work in comedy like so sort of like cultural commentators Mm. I don't really know Um, but anyway this is taking some of his work and a Gore Vidal type yeah and then adding in like he he sort of was friends with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and so has a lot to say about that era and he died in 1986 I think Um, and so this sort of completes a Medgar Evers who gets mentioned in Bob Dylan's song so I know it's about that civil rights era and how it could have gone so it seems really really timely I don't know enough about it 
but I'm incredibly excited about it. And the fact I got an Oscar You're going to go see so it and get educated. April 7th. Okay, so on the 14th of April, um, The Handmaiden, uh, directed by Chan Wook Park, who directed Old Boy, and Stoker, I think, was his last film. Um, looks absolutely bonkers. The trailer for it, there was an article in The Guardian uh, a couple of weeks ago about it, about the return of um, erotic cinema. So... And if you see the trailer, it just looks a bit creepy. But then about the last 10 seconds kind of hint to that eroticism. So I'm kind of curious to be like, is it flat out bonkers? Um, Or like his films are never kind of, you know, on the level. There's always something weird kind of going on beneath yeah. the surface. You liked Stoker, the film that's kind of hard to pronounce. Yeah. yeah. That was a good while ago. Yeah. yeah. His last I, big one. I could be wrong, yeah. but I think so. Last um, one to get much prominence out here. Mm, so uh, that's out. Uh, good Friday as well. April 14th. So just go to the cinema on For Good e- Friday. That first fortnight is a really n- solid and Neruda is in there as well. And uh, yeah, loads of stuff going on. Um, we will probably wrap it up then with a bit of uh, something from a film that is out on one of those days. Uh, a scene from from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, Pop quiz, do you know who wrote the book? I don't know who wrote the book. Uh, I've read the book. Um, dead air, dead air. Ken. Ken Cook. This is terrible now. No. Ken Kesey. Ken Kesey, damn, okay. I used to, this was one of the ones like, I haven't seen this and I think I'd like to see it in the cinema again. This, um, I remember watching a good bit in college, but maybe even during the leaving search, like when you're going through, you, for me, it was like a bit of an education yeah. cinema. You watch this, you know, The Shining and Taxi Driver, and I think I saw them all within like a month. I kind of watched this by myself the odd time. It's one of those kind of films. It's mm, it's, it's a brilliant film. Yeah. So, um, pretty sure Michael Douglas won the Oscar for producing it and it won Best uh, Director, Actor, Actress, um pictures and screenplay so it won the top five that it could didn't get supporting actor and supporting actress but I believe is the last one to get all those um, so this is just uh, Randall P. McMurphy's uh, sort of uh, initiation into the hospital induction it? induction is that what you sort of call it so having a chat but I just I'm only reflecting on this like it's sort of not so dissimilar to his scene um Jack Torrance arriving at the Overlook Hotel in The Shining but in its own sort of weird way yeah. anyway uh, this is on the 14th it's a masterpiece this is like 6 stars out of 5 so see it if you can and we'll see you next month probably in about 5 weeks again because you'll be gone for the couple of weeks yeah maybe we could do a, a we might Skype do one podcast from America I am here in LA it might be fun actually yeah, yeah. a California thing or you could just record your bits I could do it by myself <gasps> or vice versa who holds Stay the, pa- tuned. the passwords? All right. Spool is spool. Bye. You've got at least five arrests for assault. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? Five fights, huh? Rocky Marciano's got 40 and he's a millionaire. That's true. That is true. Of course, it's true that you went in for... Statutory rape, that's true, is it not, uh, this time? Absolutely true, but Doc, she was 15 years old, going on 35, Doc, and uh, she told me she was 18, and she was uh, very willing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I practically had to take to sewing my pants shut. But uh, between you and me, she might have been 15. Would you get that little red beaver right up there in front of you? I don't think it's crazy at all, and I don't think you do either. I hear what you're saying. 
No man alive would resist that, and that's why I got in the jail to begin with. And now they're telling me I'm crazy over here because I don't sit there like a goddamn vegetable. They don't make a bit of sense to me. If that's what being crazy is, then I'm senseless, out of it, gone down the road, wacko. But no more, no less. That's it. Well, to be honest with you, McMurphy, what it says here is that they think, they think you've been faking it in order to get out of your work detail. Oh, what do you like, think about that? Do I look like that kind of guy to you, Doc? Well, let's just be frank for a minute, All right. uh, Randall, if you would. Tell me, do you think there's anything wrong with your mind, really? Not a thing, Doc. I'm a goddamn marvel of modern science. Well, you're going to be here for a period for us to evaluate you. We're going to study you. Mm -hmm. We'll make our determinations as to what uh, we're going to do right. and give you the necessary treatment. Uh, and Doc, indicated. let me just tell you oh. this. I'm here to cooperate with you 100%. 100%. I'll be just right down the line with you. You watch, because I think we ought to get to the bottom of uh, R.P. McMurphy. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolates. It doesn't say anything about a chocolate.